Welcome to MM Plays, our podcast where we design, play, and discuss a game and campaign. Along the way, we will alternate episodes between actual play adventures and the analysis and discussion of games and design theories that relate to the campaign we're playing. For this campaign, we'll be using the mechanics of Cortex Prime, designed by Cam Banks. We randomly selected a theme and ended up with swashbuckling high school urban fantasy. So join MM Plays as we explore and enjoy a new campaign. And now for the introduction of our players. My name's Chris Nizak, and I'll be playing Silas Flameworth, some of the Flameworth family with a frozen soul that's not my own. I'm Old Man Logan. I'm playing Henrik Gunny Gunderson, son of the enigmatic Winter Wind and rookie Elemental Mage. My name is Jerry, and I'm playing Santiago Zircon. He is the rebellious and reluctant scion of a powerful magic family. I'm Phil Vecchion, and I will be your GM. We open up onto your house. Maybe you guys are just, you know, you're coming in the door with Bo. Yeah. Bo doesn't drive yet. Okay. Or Bo doesn't have a car. She probably yeah. has a license, but not a yeah. car. And everybody's waiting. They're all conspicuously doing something near the front door. Your siblings are all playing Uno, and they don't <laughs> ever play Uno together. But they're they're all sitting or like around the coffee table in eye shot of the door, playing Uno. Draw four, Geode. Come on. That's what the card says. <sighs> Fine. Your dad's in the kitchen and your mom is sitting reading also right in the living room. It's clear that everybody's like waiting at this moment. He will hold the door open and hold his hand out so she can walk in. And your mom gets up from the chair and she like comes right over. Her sneaks are all back, laying his long hair, very non-threatening, calm relaxed position these snakes are all very nervously kind of looking around the room his hair is wild right now your siblings remain seated but they're just putting cards down <laughs> none of them match some of us are putting cards down at the same time as each other yeah. it, it's now just simulating what an ai would imagine a game of uno looks like and your mom comes up and is like oh hi welcome you can already hear bustling from the back as your dad's making his way from the kitchen, like, oh, I'm here, I'm here. Moving from the back. Bo, do you remember my mother, Julietta, and my dad, Shale? You remember Bo from when we were growing up in Oh, of school? course, of course. There was the bowling birthday party. There was the field trip in eighth grade. Welcome. Your mom isn't sure about handshake, hug, and then your dad just, like, moves in, gives, like, a quick hug kind of thing. Bo just, like, kind of takes it in stride, you know. She's like, oh, hi, thank you, thank you. Oh, we're hugging? I'll be right over. I hit you. What? No. We're not hugging? No. Whatever. Draw 10. What is this? Uno, no mercy? I think you've probably met some of T's siblings. T will walk over and uh, introduce her to, to Geode. If Geode goes to stand up, T will hug him. I'll hug you and give him a big hug. I don't want to hug you. I see you all the time. I thought we were hugging our guest, but that's okay. I hit you. What? It, it's really okay. I'm, I, I do hugs. Fist right. bumps, hugs. Fist bump. All right, there we go. There we go. I love your look. It's so goth Lolita. Um, thank you. Thank you. It, it's, you know, a hobby as much of a, as a fashion sense. I don't do it all the time, but, you know, I like to do it for special occasions. The bows are super adorable and they so suit you. Well, Ooh, thank you. This is a special occasion. And then I lean in and I'm like, don't worry, everybody does this when everybody brings somebody home. It's very, very annoying, but you'll get used to it. Does T bring a lot of girls home? No, you're the first one. Oh. Ooh. Looks over at T. T blushes. 
Amethyst looks at T. And Amethyst makes a face like, yeah, nice job. Like, where Bo can't see it. <laughs> if I'm correct, Amethyst is older than T, right? Amethyst is a senior at the school. Yeah, yeah, so Bo, like, makes mention of something that Amethyst has done, like the school play or something like that. Oh, I thank you. I mean, yeah. it's just a hobby. I mean, I'm, I'll be going to work for uh, the Vale when I'm done with school, probably in an administrative position, similar to my father. Oh, nice. Excellent. I mean, I might change my mind in college, but, you know, I have three more years of Vale training before that happens. I haven't decided yet. I've been thinking that I could potentially uh, study sleep disorders. Oh, why is that? Well, I mean, that's my source of magic. Oh, sleep okay, and, well, that makes sleep sense. and dreams. That's fascinating. Tell me more about it. He grabs her arm and like drags her off to talk to her. Yeah, well, it, you know, it tells you a lot about a person when you um, when you can share or see their dreams or nightmares. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't do it to people without consent, but. I can help you understand your dreams. You know, you could be a very huge asset to the veil, being able to like peer into people's dreams to find out things about them. Like you'd be exceptional at sussing out violators to the magical world. Amethyst? She gets kind of a pained look on her face. Amethyst? And... She just said she doesn't break those boundaries. Yeah. That's why she pulled her away. So yeah. that it was more of a pull her away so that T could talk to his parents for yeah. a second. T, T is not hovering over her, but he's <laughs> definitely keeping her with an earshot. He's not going to abandon her to his family. <laughs> so as that's happening, your parents are like, she seems very lovely. She is. Dad's like, well, I got everything. Like the chicken is almost done. I got a few more things left, a few more sides left to do. We'll have ourselves a real, real country dinner tonight. Oh, good. And then at that point you hear Bo saying, yeah. It's definitely a useful ability. It's not one that I really like to uh, like to engage in. I understand that. If you're not interested in that kind of work, then yeah, maybe studying sleep disorders and helping people that way is better. I would really like to help people, not so much as spy on them. Fair enough. She kind of throws a glance in your direction. He walks <laughs> over. It's nice because she'll be able to help people who have trouble sleeping sleep more easily. Oh, I completely understand that. I just, you know, it's... So rare to find a dreamwalker that could actually help the veil, especially, you know, when I'm in a position where I could put her in a very good spot later in life or dad could. It's not to say that I won't serve the veil, of course, when uh... you can serve the veil the other way. That's also useful. There are many ways to serve the veil or so dad has told us many times. I mean, I actually take those lessons to heart, Gio. What are you well, doing of course with I your do life? Too. He'll use this excuse to get her up and away and get her over to where mom and dad are. Sure. As Geode and Amethyst start fighting. Yeah. <laughs> now you've done it. Now you've done it. It's inevitable that at some point your mother actually does talk about Bo's powers. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just kind of a thing when you're magical. Like, mm -hmm. what's your source of powers? Uh, is it hereditary? That kind of thing. And Bo goes on and uh, does a perfectly fine job of explaining the nuances of her powers and, you know, what the awake versions are and how shared sleeping works, things like that. It's very relaxing to, like, go in and share a dream together. Oh, Ooh, your you mother shared. Your mother's like, oh, I see. Blushes a little. Even Amethyst is like, <gasps> with her hand over her mouth. It's like napping. It's like the best nap you can ever have. Okay. I don't know. It's like a video game. It's like playing video games together. We got to talk about this. Shared dreaming is like super intimate. It is actually super intimate. Yeah, right? yes, like it it is. Is. yeah. yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Oh, no, it's definitely No, is. Bo's playing this down, right? Like, yeah. Uh, like, at this moment, like, at this, now that T has brought it up, like, yeah. there's this awkward moment that Bo is working hard to be like, yeah. oh, no, sure. no, it's like playing a video game. T sure. walked right Just like Call yes, of Violence. Yeah, yeah, clearly. T is also very aware of the fact that this is the most restrained Bo has ever been in front of a group of people, so he understands that. Yeah, she's working really hard on this. Yeah. Amethyst leads into Geodum whispers, it's like sex. 
I was trying not to go there. I mean, yes, but still. Why did he just say that out loud? Is he a moron? I don't know. The answer is yes. <laughs> Your dad comes out of the kitchen and he's like, hey, about five minutes, full country spread. Hope you guys are hungry. Always. Yes, Papa. Have you ever seen me not eat? Hmm. We're going to save some for Bo. I got a hold of the Food Channel magazine. I just have had a number of things I wanted to try. So we're doing um, fried chicken, cornbread pudding, and some mashed potatoes. And I made a peach cobbler. So I'm hoping you're all hungry. He will steer the conversation towards getting ready for the prom. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. talking about matching outfits. Yeah, it's great. Safe, and, like safe maneuver. Mm-hmm. Gets you out of the, you've been sharing dreams with this girl to talk about, do you have a limo? Yes, yeah, Silas is renting a limo for us. Oh, very good. Very good. Your mom pauses for a second. She gets a concerned look on her face and she's like, so Silas is going. Of course. Oh, good. Good. I've been so worried about him. Ever since I saw him a few weeks ago when he came over for dinner, my heart's been just so, oh. So he's doing better. He's doing much better. Okay, good. Good. I think the prom is going to be good for him. Really? Yes. I was so worried that the prom without his girlfriend there was going to be kind of a hardship, but I think it's going to be good for him? Yes. Uh, all right. He'll put his hand next to Bo's hand, and he's like, that's why we're all going as friends. That way he's not going by himself. That's good. You should have him over for dinner again soon. And, and that other boy. Who's, who's that other boy? Uh, Henrik? Gunny? Yeah, yeah. Right now, uh, Silas and Gunny are kind of oh. anything, so we can have one or the other. I'd like to have both of them over, but not at the same time. When you say that, like, Bo squeezes your hand, because like, she knows, right? like, she's on the inside. Yeah. So I'm sure say, Amethyst would love to have Silas over, or Gunny over. <laughs> you should pick Gunny, for sure. Well, I think Silas first, because Mom asked for Silas. Oh, man, I still need a date for my prom. Oh, he sits and thinks for a second. He looks down at Bo for a second, and then he's like, um... I yeah. mean, maybe? <laughs> there, there might... Well, I mean, he's with that Casey girl. What? 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 Uh-oh. He's seeing somebody? Yeah, he's dating Casey. Remember Casey? Yes. The, the girl I set you up with? Yeah. You did this? It was, just, it was just a thing we introduced. See, Casey and I broke up, but it was a, a, an amiable break. Uh-huh. Did I use that word correctly? Yes. Okay. And um, then we went out to hang out, and, and we were hanging out together, and Gunny came with me, and... They started talking and then you're a they, traitor. They off. You're a traitor. You're a traitor. She gets up and leaves. Now you did it. Your mom's like, ah, it's okay. It's okay. She'll be fine. And it's not like she can like lay claim to any of your friends. No, and in a way, mom, your, your attempt at matchmaking worked out. It just was uh, like a pinball game. I really had very little to do with it. It was more, I mean, Gunny did all the, it's, Gunny did all, get all the selling. So. Well, I'm glad that Gunny has a date for the prom. I am too. Seems like a nice gentleman. He is. Your sister will be fine. Amethyst comes back composed. Let's all head over to the table for dinner. I apologize for my outburst. It's fine. Oh, high school. She takes like a big sigh and then like all the snakes take like a big sigh. And as like you all head in, your mom like snags your arm for a second and like just leans in and she's like, she's lovely. She she really is. Come on, let's go. And she ushers everybody into the dining room and your dad's got this like big old spread he just decided he'd learn to fry chicken because, you know, your dad just wanted to learn a new cooking skill. So got a new copy of the Food Network magazine. So he was like, it's on. I don't have to ask. The food is amazing. So but Yeah, your dad's a fantastic cook, right? So it's delicious. That so pretty much wraps it up. Okay, good. Cut across town. At almost the exact same time, Casey's come over to have dinner with your mom. 
and uh, the three of you are sitting in the living room. Just, you know, I, you, your place isn't huge, but you have a nice little yeah. living room. You two are like are on the couch, your mom's sitting on a chair. So how did you two meet? Well, it's funny because Casey actually dated T for a while, and then mm. like they liked each other, but the chemistry wasn't right. We were both earth signs, and uh, it just didn't mix. There wasn't a romantic chemistry, like really good friend chemistry, like a real good friend vibe. I understand that. That yeah. happens. That happens. Yeah. So we ended up all being at uh, Nick Tahoe's hanging out and Casey and I got it talking and kind of hit it off. Mm. And so we started chatting online, played some Call of Violence together. That, that game that your friends taught you how to play. Yeah. Oh. I know you're not super fond of it, but. I'm it's... like a really big call of violence fan like mm. really big mm. it's just kind of my jam like ever since it uh ever since it launched like i've gotten into this like online community i have all these friends uh like here um and like in rochester and in buffalo and it's just been a really cool way to um like to spend time and like get to know each other have like a little network of friends and things like that how is school going for you then are you uh are you looking at colleges yeah i'm totally looking at colleges probably a state school like a suny my parents aren't super wealthy or anything, so good old state school and some student loans and I should be all set. I'm really hoping that Henrik gets into UB. Oh yeah, UB is really nice. Fingers crossed. Then we can do the, then you'll probably do the same, I would imagine, right? Probably. Mm. Yeah. He's a smart boy. He's on the academic decathlon team. They came in second this year. I've we heard. Should have came in first, but we kind of blew it. <laughs> it's okay. It was that, uh, your friend Silas, he missed that question. Yeah, but it wasn't really his fault. Well, it was. I try not to blame him, but... He's been so mean to you lately. You keep telling me he's been so mean to you. <sighs> There's mean going both ways. Have you ever met their, his friend Silas? No, I've, um... Seems like a rude boy. I've seen his tag online, um, for Call of Violence, but I've never, like, I've never hung out with him or anything online. Uh, a, lot, a lot of times, um, I've heard a lot of things from T, and, uh, T never says anything too bad about him. Well... You are with the right boy. My boy is such a hardworking, upstanding young man. He's always helping me out at the store. There's even some really funny stories. You, you don't have to lay it on so thick, Mom. It's, it's okay. I think, she, I think she gets that I'm smart. But I'm just so proud of you. I, I appreciate that. That's it's good. He never lies to me. He's always helping. Well, we are definitely looking forward to going to prom, so I'm pretty excited. And thank you so much for being so generous to, to help out. I mean, I can't imagine that your family has a, a, a large amount of funds either if you have to get student loans for school. No, but I have a job after school, so I've been, uh, I've been actually saving up for a while. I do a couple things. So I have like a little Etsy shop where I make custom graphics for video games and stuff. So sometimes stickers, mm. but sometimes I make skins and stuff. I don't know if you know what a skin is, but... I don't. It's like how your character looks in Call of Violence. Like, I know how to... I know how to do the artwork so I can make them up to look like different things. People just pay me money to do it. It's a graphic design thing. Like She's logos really like logos and things like yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh -huh. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah, in yeah. fact, that's um I designed I designed my tattoo. Oh, that's a lovely tattoo. I have one too. And she like pulls up her leg and she's got like a rose on her calf. Yeah. When it's like it's like a winter rose. When did you get that? Oh, your father bought it for me when we were dating. Why did I never know about that? It's not something that I talk about a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really nice. So, if I ever decided I wanted to get a tattoo, that would be cool then. Yeah, I don't see why not. As oh, long as you have the okay. money. Okay, good. Oh, I, They're kind I of could, expensive. I could totally help you with one. 
Like I could sketch it out for we'll, you. We'll work on some designs. I've been thinking maybe someday. Yeah. It's got to be the right thing because you live with it for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. yeah. She laughs. She's like, so no chainsaw launcher. A chainsaw oh. trebuchet would be cool, but. Silly game. I, might be a little over the top. So what does your tattoo mean? It looks like uh, some sort of worm. Oh, it's a dragon. Yeah. Like a worm. Uh, like a small dragon. I my, just thought it was really cool looking. My late husband was fascinated with things like that. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I've always had a, uh, just a kind of thing for dragons in general. Um, I had like a, a stuffed animal dragon when I was a little kid that I always slept with and those kinds of things. So just like over time, um, when I first learned how to draw, it was like one of the first things that I kind of learned to sketch up and draw. But uh, yeah, I, you know, was in the mood for a tattoo. And so I was like, yeah, I should uh, sketch it up and get one. So on prom night, don't let Henrik fool you. He has some money that he's been saving up from working so he can take you out for a nice pre or post prom event. Oh, well, I'm very impressed. Then I am ready to be wined and dined. I'll do my best. <laughs> well, I think dinner's done. Uh, is there anything I can do to help? Sure. Come help set the table. All right. As you head into the kitchen, she looks and she's like, we good? Yeah. Okay. I got you. That okay? That's a lot of power that I just had over an NPC. Sure. Okay. No, it was good. I'd have paused if I had to fix anything, but I'm good. With all of those scenes aside, the next week or two passes by. Any final plans you guys have set with each other, I'm going to assume that you've worked out. We can cover them in flashback. Yeah, we'll, we'll do the flashback mechanic where we can spend a plot point to have a flashback to create an asset. Yeah, if you need an asset. If you don't need an asset, feel free to just create a, like if it's a communication thing, feel free just to have a flashback. I don't want to have you guys over plan this. So mm -hmm. uh, it is time. The promposals are over. Tuxes have been fitted. Corsages have been purchased. And it is prom night. We just see like a little montage of each of you. So I think we see Silas putting on the boutonniere. Ooh, can, can we just montage ourselves? Have at it. Silas is standing in his room. He has the frozen boutonniere that he's put on. His mother actually walks into the room uh, as he is standing there. He's gotten himself dressed. But his mom, now that he's dressed, his mom comes in. She looks at him. There's no words. They just look at each other and she smiles at him. And then she gives him a hug and a kiss on the cheek. And he looks up at her because she's tall. And uh, he smiles at her. And then he leaves. Before you leave, your dad's like, hey, have a minute? Yeah, what's up? He pulls you into his office. Are you ready for tonight? Yes, I've been planning it for weeks. Okay. I have a certain amount of veil officers kind of waiting in the wings. As you learn stuff, just send a quick text and we will give you plenty of room, but I don't want you thinking you're out there by yourself. You got an internet mage that has created a secure channel for us? Yes. He's like, he gives you a number. He's like, this is my veil cell phone. Nobody's going to be listening to this phone. Perfect. Text me along the way. You don't have to be super verbose. Do it when you have time. But at least give me enough that I can keep track of where you are. Sure thing. If this gets out of hand, I want to make sure that I can get there to, you know, help you out. Remember, right around nine o'clock, they're having some sort of meeting. We'll hang back for a bit. Do what you need to do. Okay. Also, have a little fun tonight, if that's possible. Uh, it's not. It's fair. I'm nervous. You should be. It's okay. It's perfectly normal before something like this. I have been on so many raids and things like that, and the time leading up to it is always the worst. Except if I mess this up, Mesame dies. Bluntly, yes. 
which is all the more reason why, of course, you're nervous. But you are Flamesworth, and if there is anyone who can pull this off, I believe in you. Thanks. All right, be safe. I'll try. Gives you a hug. That's weird. <laughs> this is also not easy for him. Like, this is, this is your dad sending you off on, like, a mission where you are correct. You are way in over your heads. This isn't like, oh, take the car out and be back by midnight stuff. This yeah, is like, with you. this is some shit. So yeah, he does. He actually gives you a hug, sends you on your way. And then like you head out the door and like everybody's waiting for you and they're like, come on, come on, let's get some pictures. And I put the fake smile on and I get the pictures. Yeah. Cut to T and Bo. T has already left the house. At her suggestion, he's gone with the tux kilt. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I love it. Picks her up at her house uh, along with the corsage. He's gotten her a little bracelet. It's very simple. It's just a little bow. We have two little silver loops with a little black stone in the middle. So it's black and white. But the loops are actually two little hearts to get through together. Oh, it's super cute, right? So she... Nothing super extravagant, just something simple No, but she's excited. She's very excited, right? Mm -hmm. She gives you a hug. And then, like, there's a bunch of pictures with your parents, your siblings. Like, there's just, like, a bunch. And then Silas and the limo arrives. He takes her hand. He's like, you ready? Oh, yeah. Let's go have some fun. Here we go. Cut one more time. Casey comes out to your place since mm-hmm. the Creekside is just up the road from your house. So she brings her car, comes to pick you up. Yeah. Right before she gets there, I am finishing up. Uh, I've got everything on, struggling with the tie. Yeah. I'm going to hit pause for a second. Sure. We need to talk about one thing as a quick little flashback. The $3,000. Oops. Almost forgot about that. You wouldn't have, right? Which is why I bring up the pause real quick. All I need you to do is we're going to make one roll to kind of sum up all of the casting necessary, if that's okay. Sure. You're not going to fail it. You're going to, of course, I shouldn't say fail. The failure condition is that you will still have the $3,000. There'll just be some other consequences to it. Yeah. Simple D8 difficulty. There's not even a distinction because you've actually... You've cast this ritual now. You completely understand how it works. It's not even hard, man. You can just like go to your bank account and drop three grand into it. The simplest way is the best. Just do that. Mm-hmm. Set up a magic roll for yep. me. I uh, got a D8 for mage. Got a D10 for emo. Uh, D8 for my sins of the father. I mean, easy money's easy. Easy right? money. You, you may now take easy money's easy for you. Yes. I hope you roll two ones so that can be a D10. <laughs> Bring it. Who's hanging them out there for potential ones? <laughs> Shut your mouth, Sneezak. What? <laughs> uh, six. Well, look, a one. I have a 13, by the way. That's excellent, but thank you. That easy money is easy is now a D8. I mean, it's just a little money. <laughs> Tell me really quick, what's going through your mind as you're like, you cast this ritual and like fill your bank account up with a bunch of cash. What is the deepening of that feeling? It's so easy. It really is, Right. right? it's not hurting anybody. I'm not taking the money from somebody else. Nope. I'm not hurting somebody to get the money. Nope. I'm not robbing someone. Nope. Not in the least. And you know, quite frankly, I'm the son of a renegade. It's in my blood, right? Maybe, you know, maybe walking on the wild side is not that bad. Justification is justification. Wow. I'm going to have to, he's going to have to pick an outlaw, outlaw name soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting easier. Every time you cast this and it's really like, you're really getting the hang of it now on an academic level. You're starting to understand that like, oh, I could do all sorts of things with this. 
I can fix all sorts of problems. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cut back. We see you like putting the three grand, three bands, as the kids would say. See you tucking three bands into your, or it's already in your jacket while your mom is fixing. Like your mom comes in and is like, do you need help with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm my, I'm a little nervous. My fingers are not working quite right. And this tie is just giving me trouble. Okay. And she starts like fixing it at some point. She can't not bump the stacks in your vest. I need you just to distract her. And of course you can use your, you can use your, um, she totally bought it. She doesn't see the money, but how are you playing this off? Cause by the way, three grand is like a pretty chunky. It's, it's, it's not insignificant. No. Unless it's just, you know, stacks of hundreds. Sure. But it's still 30 bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I half expected you to come walking in here playing sharp dress, man. <laughs> it's kind of thing that dad would have probably Ugh. done. Yes. Well, your dad's love for 80s music knows no bounds. I mean, do you blame him? I guess it's not the best decade of music. It's like, I don't even know you anymore. Look, I got that tattoo at Lilith Fair. The 90s happened. It was a lot of fun. That's all I'm going to say. I'm sure it was. Sure. Anyway. Speaking of fun, and I give this like, (laughs) half-hearted, yeah. (laughs) Sell this to your mother right now. Go ahead. Make Mm -hmm. a roll. Continue to deceive your mother. Lies. But take that D6, you earned it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the thing with the stepping down the die again to be able to re-roll in case something goes horribly wrong. My judgmentalness. Oh, man. Fortune smiles on you, man. Six. Uh, oh, look. Another one. Fancy that. Thirteen. All right. You got a little guilt rocking. You uh, definitely maneuver your mother away from discovering your stack of money and the doorbell rings. Casey's there. She looks fantastic. She's wearing something just at the knee, like nothing too long. She's got her tattoo showing. It's not covered up or anything. You guys take some, your mom takes some pictures. You two have a good time and text me when it's all over. Will do. And then the camera pans to the creek side and we see like cars parking and limos pulling up and people getting out and there's music. And there's a sign right above the door at the creekside as you guys all head in that says, A Magical Night. Stars and wishes. That first round of scenes was great. Yes. Especially Silas and Erlis. She is terrifying. I fucking <laughs> just, Jesus Christ. I don't even know how to feel whenever she shows up. It's like some, some semblance of like cockiness to defend myself and then like terrifiedness because she's Erlis. I mentioned it. I love that Erlis, if she's being sincere, actually approves of Silas as a boyfriend for her daughter. Yeah, I don't know how you take that, right? Like, the fact that Erlis thinks that you're, like, a worthy enough boyfriend has to say some things about what Erlis looks for. Too too much flame worth in me to think that that's genuine. (laughs) There's probably too much flame worth is what what makes you probably a suitable, you know, a suitable boyfriend or suitor for her daughter. I mean, you also haven't given up on her daughter. I mean, there's that too. And that speaks something to, 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 sure. Mom, I would I'm, I'm with you. Like, yeah. I don't disagree, but she's always got like 12 agendas. Mm-hmm. That's like, fair. Yeah. 
That is a very like, fair assessment. She could like me and then still just use me. Like, it's not like... I'm Absolutely. Like, I'm glad that she likes me, but, like, maybe I'll just get... Instead of being killed at the end of this, I'll just be, like, dis- disavowed. I like how nervous you were about accepting the boutonniere. <laughs> like, what is it? I don't know. Break it when you need it. Just be clear It'll about help what you, you. need. <laughs> I, I, I also loved Gunny trying to get into the house with his, with his clothes and the scene with his mom was wonderful i was impressed you just like fuck it i'm just carrying these in like i I figured trying to sneak them in would have definitely been a way to go but i would have had to explain it into like i couldn't keep the whole prom from her at some point she'd be like you know hey i need you to help me out on you know saturday night well i can't mom going to the prom whoa you know like (laughs) no it's good i i I actually liked i thought it was a bold move i figured if i own it and then spin it yeah, control the narrative. Control the narrative. Absolutely. That, that is what we in the Royal Navy call a lie. Yes. <laughs> I love the scene at T's house. I like dinner. It's yes. chaotic and exactly how I'd expect it to go down if that was somebody's mm-hmm. house. Yes. And they were bringing their, their uh, girlfriend home for the first time. I, I liked T and Bo's shared dream. Yes. I liked with that the conversation. That was cute. I will fully admit that, um, one, I was heavily ad-libbing the whole thing and just thought it would be fun to show off her ability for shared dreaming. Mm-hmm. But then, like, towards the end is when I came, like, that punchline at the end about her, you know, if you break her heart, she's going to turn into a terrible monster. Like, strictly off-the-cuff ad-libbed, but (laughs) towards the end, I was like, oh, I think that puts a good twist on her. The moment we stepped into the dream realm, that became, even not knowing what her powers were, the minute we stepped in the dream realm, he's like, this could go horribly wrong, but he still went through with it. I have known since you told me you wanted to have that conversation. I was like, oh no, Bo's t- totally leaning into this. That whole sequence with Bo in the dream realm is, to me, the proper way to do recap exposition. Oh, sure, yeah, because mm-hmm. the, the whole bunch of it got added into the, like a whole bunch of recap got added in there. Mm-hmm. Because it was basically a character explaining to another character what was going on, and then the interesting thing was is that there was character development of Bo, who we don't know super well. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're going yeah. to do that, then have a secondary purpose to go along with it. Yeah, that worked out. I, that all was very spontaneous and worked out really nicely. Like that scene fell together, like came together really nice. Yeah, I mean, the first one scenes were great. I just I like when we can all like talk. Like mm-hmm. I liked dinner with Gunny's mom. I thought I like because I like playing Gunny's mom, and I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. I liked Amethyst's reaction to finding out that Casey was dating Gunny. <laughs> yes. Thank you, appreciate it. <laughs> yes, that was also very funny. So well I'm done. glad you did that. So well done. I Chris. was hoping. I've enjoyed all of it. I hope you enjoyed the scene with Paula. Like that's a mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I like villains. Yeah. Give me a villain. Yeah. She's a villain. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's good to see the villain before the villain does starts doing stuff. So Another I also like him on the list. I also like seeing the slightly bloodthirsty is the wrong word for it. Bo's reaction to finding out that there were prosperity mages in the garden. Oh, yeah. I did not expect her to go quite that hard. I'm like, interesting. No, I mean, look, if you are sitting in that class and learning about, I mean, it, 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 it's like finding out that like, you know, two people in your, you know, ethics class are, you know, robbing banks or something mm-hmm. or you know nazis i mean i don't know if it's nazi level but no. i mean but prosperity may i mean the veil does not look lightly on prosperity no, magic don't. right like the no. veil like after the great depression the veil was like you gotta put this shit under wraps it took nine years to fix it yes yeah. in a war yeah it was a mess there were a lot of things that the veil kind of you know oh you strain the veil like take it easy whatever whatever but prosperity magic is like a big no-no anybody wishes I mean, my wish is we are at prom night. I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. I'm so yeah, excited. very much looking forward to how this goes I, down. I know what comes next. I'm pretty excited. Like I'm, like I'm excited. I wrote this stuff last last week, and I'm like, oh man, I can't wait till we get to this part. Well, we're at this part. Yes, oh we man, are. we are. 
we are at this part. Thank you for listening to Misdirected Mark Plays. Now let's do some Patreon channels before we get out of here. Let's start with the Royal Court. The Polish Ogre, who is our very own Polish Ogre. Ty Prunty, also known as Lord Timeonger. Lars Henrik Evjan, the Lord Out of Time. Jim, the Royal Merchant Emeritus. Chromatic Chameleon, the Queen's Spy Mistress. JT Evans, the Queen's Librarian. Schmitty, the Keeper of the Labyrinth. Andrew Dacey, the Warden of Whiskies. John Carney, the Court Necromancer. Craig, the Lord of One Name. Tiberius Starcrash Smith, the Baron of Britannia. Eric Bontz, the Weregator. And Kevin Lovecraft, the Royal Beard. Now we have a bunch of other patrons that get a shout out here too. Thank you so much. John, Chris Constantine, Miko Froelich, Eric Simon, Athelus, Not That Billy Mitchell, Fiona, Kathleen Halperin, Christopher Gamelk, Michael Beck Esperum, Joseph Knoll, Carlos Heptilemma, Michael Draper, Alice Kira, Jim Fitzpatrick, Brantley Harris, Steve Radabaugh, Rory McLeod, Ninjabi, Richard Wyatt, Joseph Peralta, Brian Kurtz, My Brett, not My Brett, but somebody's Brett, Chris Steele, Jared Rasher, Eileen Barnes and Brandon Barnes. Thank you so much for being our patrons. If you'd like more content like this, you can check it out at misdirectedmark.com. If you are interested in supporting the show and other shows on Misdirected Mark Productions, you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com MMP. You can get a whole bunch of stuff there, including extra bonus podcast episodes, material concerning this game, The Children of the Shroud, that includes character sheets, our game rules, some of our setting stuff, and Phil's thoughts from behind the screen. If that's not your thing, then you can just tell a friend about us. We'd greatly appreciate it. If you're looking for other podcasts to listen to, there are a variety of shows on our network. You can check out Pandas Talking Games with Phil and Senda, where they talk about all kinds of game stuff. The Gnomecast, where a bunch of gnomes get together to talk about gaming topics to avoid being thrown in the stew. And Thaco with Advantage, where Ange and Jared talk all about D&D. They're going to talk about it anyway, so why not record it? If that's still not enough content for you, we have a number of other podcasts that we recommend and are friends with. The Tabletop Bellhop, your board game concierge. The Knights of the Night, an excellent AP podcast. Mastering Dungeons, where they talk all about D&D if you want some more D&D stuff. And How to RPG with Sean P. Kelly. You can catch that on YouTube. He's live on Saturday mornings. I'm often in the chat room there. Well, this has been a Mr. Mark production, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Mic drop. We out.